Now Nylander away. Quick pivot. Heading north. Into the zone. And now throws back. Where he finds Morgan. Running from Third down and four. Herbert floats it. Allen! What a catch! How did he come down with that ball? Kachuk lays it ahead. Lundell and Berhage, two on one in overtime. Lundell shoots, saved by Marie Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go for what should be a toxic Tuesday. Man, oh man. Uh, We might want to call this show the... Four F's. Frustration, fragility, and four S's sakes. I think you can figure out the other two there. Man, oh man. The Oilers now with a record of 2-8-1 and one after blowing an incredible opportunity yesterday in Vancouver, losing by a score of 6-2. to two. You couldn't have asked for a better start. You couldn't have asked for a better start. From there, it all went downhill at the tail end of the third period. We're going to do things a little differently, and we're going to try to do things a little differently today. If you can have patience with us, we're going to open up the phone lines as well. The text line is the phone line is the same, one 1440 So you can shoot us off a text or dial that number, and then we'll try to hook you up through the board here. Be patient with us. We're trying to work out a few things here on the fly, but... If you want to have your two cents, have your say, how upset you are with the start of this team after last night and watching frustration boil over. I mean, it boiled over in the third period. It went bonkers in the third period. It started with Connor McDavid and JT Miller. Zach Hyman comes in. Then there's a scrum. From there... You can see everyone's off, and the Oilers are still in the game. That's 12, 13 minutes left when that happens. Connor takes the two-minute penalty on Pius Suter. Leon takes the 10. The coach gets tossed, even though he said that he really didn't say much to referee Kevin Pollock. Pollock gives him a two and a game. Is Jay Woodcroft maybe deflecting? Something there. Doesn't want maybe a whole lot to come down on his team because it can't get any worse than what it is right now. It can't get any worse. The Oilers are giving games away. They're giving them away. Text coming 1833-401-1440. Well, look at this. Uh, Oilers are consistent this year on giving games away when they start good. Other teams must love playing the Oilers knowing they will get goals, gifted to them and the win. So, we talked about the start already. You can't ask for a better start. 19-2, the shots on goal. 19-2, Matthias Ekholm with the fabulous goal. Just And he's had about three of those where he picks the top corner. Everything is going great. But then the fragility comes out. For whatever reason, the team has zero confidence. None. Zero. 
Vinny DeHarnay with an own goal. His position is off. His position isn't where it's supposed to be. Shovels it into his own net. Unlucky. Bad play. What do you do? But from there, you have to have a save on the second goal from Stuart Skinner. Pew Suter, again. But terrible defensive zone coverage. If you want to call it that, off the rush, call it whatever you want. Just call it whatever you want. If there's three steamboats by the time they get into the zone, whatever it is. Off the rush, it's another goal where the Oilers' defensive zone coverage is lacking. Suter's in the slot all by himself. Defense backs in way too much by 10 feet. They've been doing that a lot this year. And then the power play goal, it's 3-1. Brock Besser, it's 3-1 after, you know, 20 minutes. Oilers outshoot Vancouver 2-1. Okay, we've got a caller. Who do we got on the line here? Hello, can you hear on Sports 1440? Hi, my name is Frank. Hey, Frank, how are you today? Good. I agree with you that the defense back up way too much. You learn that stuff in Pee Wee. I mean, you don't need three goaltenders. You only need one. Um, and the other thing is, is, is our forwards are back-checking enough and, and really guarding that high slot or low slot. That is uh, a lot of times off the rush or whether we're stuck in our zone. That's where they're getting some shots without even being uh, bothered. Um, I think we have to go with the team that brought us here. I think we need to simplify it uh, somehow a little bit in terms of what we're doing. And you know what? I really honestly think this team needs a sports psychologist <laughs> because there's a lot of this stuff is mental. And, I mean, with a, at least with a, for, a sports psychologist, they can maybe work through some of this stuff too because well we've I, got I, one Frank we've got one Frank and Laurie Ann Munzer maybe she can go into the ring into the uh, dressing room yeah, but. well I mean you, uh, you look at this team on paper you know we should be eight two and one you know the one thing that you mentioned about defense backing in Frank and this is another point that I wanted to get to when you are carrying the puck through the neutral zone. The defenseman on your own team, his best friend is his own forward who is coming back very hard and making some sort of an effort on the opposition in the neutral zone because that's the worst thing that a forward on the opposition uh, hates. Some sort of impediment, something that's going on and him worried about what's behind him, never mind what's in front of him. Hey, Frank, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Text coming in to one 1440 and there's a lot of them. Uh, Gord, uh, time for Jeff <laughs> uh, to trade Jack and Leon to Boston for Swayman and Ademan. Yeah, that's going to happen. Walter, it would be really nice if maybe someone would stop a puck. Exactly. 3-1 after 20 minutes. The biggest goal in my mind, though, it's 3-2. You're totally in the game. Evan Bouchard, we can't. We keep saying this many, many times. Unfortunately, we keep harping on Bouchard more often than not. Mark Spector brought it up in the postgame comments with Jay Woodcroft. So Bouchard makes a, an egregious read, terrible read. It allows an odd man rush, so another rush, but it all stemmed from the fact that it was a terrible pinch by Evan Bouchard. Now, what's even worse than the pinch? He doesn't come back hard all the way. He comes back hard until about five, six feet, and Hoaglander scores to make it 4-2. That one stings. That one hurts because now you see the effort trying to get back in the play, but you only gave it a half-assed effort. You gave it an effort for, I don't know, 85 to 90% 
of the time you were skating back. Uh, text one 1440 Also call us if you like. Call us on that number. We'll see if we can get you on the air. It worked for Frank right off the hop here. Uh, text Northside Norm. No. <laughs> Uh, wondering what the protocol is if we get a hat trick. Do I throw my hat and the paper bag on my head or just the hat? Northside Norm. Fans are just absolutely upset and for sure they, they've they had it. I mean, you're you're off to a 2-8-1 and one start. Dean says, didn't Craig McTavish suggest a sports psychologist 15 years ago? Why do we have Schultz as a goalie coach? Dustin Schultz gets... Oh, crapped on more than pretty well anyone you can see on our text line. Season's over. Team is done. McDavid and Dry are as good as gone. Jurassic Bark. Is Campbell tradable from Ryan? We have a goaltender, question mark. Doug Jones, zero. Accountability. As much as people are saying this is not on Woodcroft, last night he proved it. Bouchard makes a brutal play to cost us a goal, a goal against us. Bouchard miss a shift. No, that's what was addressed in the postgame news conference with Mark Spector. And Spector asked him, said, why did he not, you know, see a little pine for a little while? I get that angle. However, you're trying to get back in the game and he's your number one offensive defenseman. Do you have to send a message? Maybe, probably. Like, how long does this go on for? Man in Crocs. How does Dustin Schwartz still have a job? It's been around since 2014, and goaltending has been a problem the entire time. Do you know that, like, the, the Oilers have uh, worse save percentage than San Jose? Worse goaltending. So, Duke, you were probably up till late in the wee hours here watching this. Did you watch a little of the post-game comments, too, a little bit, or uh, time no. for the old fart sack? I, uh, yeah, I, I, I dipped out at about the five-minute mark of the third period. I'd, I'd had enough for the night. and <laughs> it, I mean, all the textures, they reflect everything that I think uh, the entire fan base is feeling. And I, I've been a pretty staunch defender of this team so far as somebody who, like, I'm not an Oilers fan. I come in with an unbiased approach to this team and say, the paper, like, on paper, it's still there. But we've reached a point now where it's indefensible and it starts right in the crease with the goaltending. That second goal, I don't care what you talk about, the the back check not being great, the back pressure from the forwards, the defenseman mm-hmm. backing in, that is a shot from that location, that distance, that your goaltender 100% needs to stop. Like there, there is no excuse for it. And you can say 95 times out of 100, that's fine. In that instance, in that game, you need that save every time. It goes right through them. The other thing on that, and they never showed it, another replay on it, it may have ticked the stick of Brett Kulak. like to have another look. They never really showed it again. There was a possibility that it may have ticked the stick of Brett Kulak. But I agree. It's still, the shot's far enough out to go through a goaltender. He has to make that save. No question about it. Where's the frustration level, though? Holy smokes. You got the coach getting tossed. And again, I think he's trying to maybe deflect what's going on, trying to maybe push aside and maybe accept more of the, you know, the outside noise. Having said that, I don't, I don't remember ever a, a guy, and Jack Michaels did mention it on the broadcast last night. I don't, I don't even remember the last time a coach got tossed. It has to be Craig McTavish. It's got to be back, way back in the day. Text coming in, one 401 Our phone line is open as well. Same number, one 401 1440 What is on 
your mind. Franco says, guys, bring McTavish. Call up Pickard. Pickford. That's the next point I'm getting to. Great save percentage. McDavid is playing injured, being hit and interfered with. Much with no support. There's no push in defensive zone breakdowns. Franco. Is Cal Pickard an, uh, an option here? Can you bring up Cal Pickard from Bakersfield off to a good start? Just send a message, bring a jolt, find a spark. You know what? It's Baco's close to San Jose. Maybe they make some some kind of a decision for Thursday. Try to get anything. One of the key points last night as well, JT Miller got under the skill of Connor McDavid. They had the little dust up in front of the net. Zach Hyman comes in. Basically, probably should have got an extra two because he ran Miller from behind. Hyman goes at it with Miller. Miller, I mean, it wasn't a fight. It was just a quick little wrestling match. Miller gets the takedown, goes to the box, basically comes out a couple of minutes later and ices the game with a slap shot from the point on the power play. I mean, Miller was great last night. Quinn Hughes. What can you say about Quinn Hughes? One goal, three assists. Let me throw this one at you, Duke. Two defensemen in NHL history. 20 points and plus 15 through 12 games. Just two. Quinn Hughes and 50 years ago, Bobby Orr. That's it. Nobody else. Nobody else. So plus 15 tells you how well Quinn Hughes is playing. Five on five, obviously, because, you know, he's obviously getting power play points. Tells you how well he's playing five on five. Walter says the roster's too short to make D-men ride the pine. Makes it hard for the coach to dish out performance-related discipline. Steve in a truck, boys. Boys, boys, boys. The Oilers are awful. Playoffs are done. McDavid is clearly hurt. He's awful. Uh, no, I, I don't know. That Not McDavid's awful. This team needs a major trade, and Sleepy Ken won't do that. It's over, boys. Steve in a truck. Safe to assume that all the folk want Schwartz fired. Own Nurse, Nuge, and Bouchard jerseys. That's from my buddy Ethan, father of Arius, no relation. Gord. Uh, Jeff is Jeff. Oh, Jeff is Jeff Jackson. Thank you. And Paul Coffey. I get it. They run the team now, not Kenny. That comes from Gord. Thanks for clarifying that. People just want to see guys benched. Is that a possibility? The ball, like again, Walter is kind of right. There's the bench is short as it is. I don't know. There, everyone wants answers, and everyone is kind of getting. Obviously, we're for everyone's frustrated, Duke. I don't know. Well, I, I think I think what people want to see is a word that already came up from one of the texters, and we've seen it from Spec on Twitter last night. Accountability. I get that this Oilers defense core is not very deep, but you make a play like that, and you do not miss one single shift in a game that matters to the team as a mm-hmm. collective so much. What's wrong with throwing out Brett Kulak and Vinny DeHarnay for like an extra shift at that point and sitting Bouchard down for a couple? There's tons of time left, dude. The, yeah. There's tons of time There's left. There's tons of 12, time left. You know, well, it's, I mean, you got a whole period. So sit, like sitting him for one or two shifts even just to say, hey, think about it. And and the the Woodcroft the thing. thing is you're just you're, you're in the game. It's 3-2. Why make why make just a dumb mistake like if you're Evan Bouchard? Why what's got into you that now you don't recognize what's in front of you? And we this has been four or five, six times for Bouchard that are like you don't even have to look back. You don't even need to look for the replay to see what happened. I don't know. We're probably up against the break. Uh phone lines open, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. You can text us as well. Tons of text coming in. 
Coming up after the break, former NHLer Sean Brown, man, he we just get him on all the days where it's a little bit of either controversy, big shaker the night before, whatever it is. Sean Brown will guess with us at seven twenty. We've got Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli coming up at eight and eight twenty. Grant Fuhrer, co-host at nine today, and he'll be joined by an old teammate in St. Louis, Kelly Chase. Imagine if Kelly Chase were around here right now, like. There, there'd be guys on the ice right now, whatever the opposition would be. Like, I think Kelly Chase averaged about four or five penalty minutes a game. The last 10 minutes of last night's game would not have went the way it did. I'll tell you that I, much. And I get, I get there's, okay, everyone's saying, well, yeah, we had a little pushback. We had, I liked how we banded together. Still not enough. Not, not enough. Not even close. Not enough. Uh, Cam Lewis, uh, Blue Jays Nation at 10. And then Carter Hutton, a former NHL goaler, now with a daily faceoff. We'll check in at 10.20 when we come back. Former Edmonton Oilers defenseman and a regular co-host on the Jason Greger Show. Sean Brown will be with us on the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Text line open, one 401 Call that same number, one 401 We'll get you on the air if you have something... Uh, maybe positive to say about the Oilers? Don't know if that's going to happen this morning. Something stuck in your craw, perhaps? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, time now for the uh, Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December 16th. You can book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in former Edmonton Oiler and NHLer Sean Brown to the program. Good morning, Brownie. Good morning, Kev. So it's tough little pattern here for you and I. Every time I get on here, it's, it's not the best conversation. We have to be positive right now. We were just saying, you know, it's either a terrible loss or, you know, it's a once in a lifetime shaker with all your buddies, <laughs> the Heritage Classic. You know, where you're, you had a good time the night before. So, I mean, that's the way it goes. But thanks for coming on, Brownie. I'm sure you went through two eight and one stretches in your career. Maybe not to the extent of what the, how the how toxic things are right now, and that's because of the expectations for this team. So, I guess what's your take on what you've been seeing, and especially last night? What's your take from last night? Yeah, I mean it's obviously hard to watch. Um, you know, it, it's got to be a very uncomfortable situation for you know the coaching staff, the players, everyone involved coming to the rink is. is can't be a fun place to be um you know I, I i don't know i think every player throughout their career has been through some of these situations and there's there's nothing worse and for as upset as we are as fans i mean these guys are are obviously really bothered by it but you know watching the game it's tough because you're not seeing you know you're not seeing a pushback you're not seeing any emotion this is a team that's clearly lost its confidence and you know, is going through a tough time and just, you know, the the lack of urgency mm-hmm. and the lack of passion. I mean, obviously at the end of the game, you know, when it's over, we got guys running around, you know, trying to make somewhat of a statement, but, you know, the game's over, right? Where's this at the beginning? But, I mean, you could argue the fact that they did start off great, yes. right? Um, great goal by, by Eckholm. You know, they had everything rolling. They're out shooting them. I, forget, I don't know what the shot was. It was 19-2, Brownie, before the first goal went in for Vancouver. Exactly. So they're getting the start that they want. Um, 
but then they're finding ways to lose the momentum and, and there's guys in the lineup that aren't, you know, finding ways to get the momentum back and they're just letting it kind of get out of control and, um, you know, in that lack of enthusiasm and, and passion is it, tough. I mean, you know, you're watching a team react to another team, uh, you know, where we need other teams reacting to the Oilers and how they're playing as a team and how they're playing as individuals, right? That's how you know you're playing well, is when teams are, you know, going after you as a result of what you've done, not not vice versa. And that's like the first 12, 13 minutes because that's exactly what we saw last night. So, yeah. Um, the, the thing that really bothered me a little bit is we got Sean Brown on the line here. Uh, Sean, what bothered me a lot was the fact that after that first, you know, 12, 13 minutes or whatever it is, and you're out shooting the team 19-2 and you're dominating them every, you know, offensive zone, et cetera. So things don't go the right way. And we brought in the two words, frustration and fragility, right off the hop. This team is so fragile right now, it can't respond after it gives up a few goals. Now, the thing that bothered me more so, because I was watching the Leafs game, Brownie, they're down 4-1 after 20. And, I mean, they stunk the joint out. They were terrible, but they came back in the second and responded. So... Why wouldn't the owners have that same start to the second as they did the start to the first? Yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, right? I mean, it's uh, right now, to a man, there's no one that's taking... I mean, it's it's almost like we're sitting back. Uh, they're sitting back, you know, and waiting for Dreisaitl and, and um, McDavid to do their thing because they've done it so long, right? I mean, that's why we have the expectations we have of this team is is because of the, those two guys and things are, are not going exactly the way they want. They're not playing at the top of their game right now either. So, um, you know, that's where there's tremendous opportunity for guys like, you know, well, I mean, you know, McLeod, Ryan, uh, obviously Hamlin just got called up, LaVoy, Holloway, uh, you know, like some role players that kind of come in and inject some, some enthusiasm mm-hmm some excitement into the lineup um, and, and knowing there's just not enough of that that's contagious to, to, to drive people and carry people into the fight. Um, that lack of emotion right now um, and, and the fact that it's almost like they're looking around for the next guy who's going to do it instead of looking, you know, within, uh, you know, is it, it's clear. It, it, it's hard to see. And obviously with, you know, not, you know, they obviously need a save. Mm-hmm. They're not getting a save when they need to get a save. It's it's hard to be, I mean, the goalies aren't playing obviously pro- to their capabilities, but it's hard to pinpoint and put it all on them when, when they're not playing well as a team. Like there's just, there's a breakdown and, you know, a system is a system that's, you know, everyone's got it, but without any passion and without any enthusiasm and urgency, it doesn't matter what system you're playing. No system works when you don't have any, any commitment to you know to compete and battle right now when you're very inconsistent with that it's tough sean brown with us on sports 1440 so brownie can you sort of break down maybe the second and fourth goals the second one is off the rush and it's uh, pius Suter all alone in the slot defense backs in and then the evan bouchard pinching on goal four resulting in the odd man rush and Bouchard not coming back hard enough. If you want to sort of break those down from a defensive standpoint, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, 
without having the the actual with it the video with me right now, I was kind of watching. You know, I was quite mm-hmm. busy last night with a, a number of different things going on. But you know, some of those reads. I mean, you know, whether it's a third guy, uh, Fogel kind of blowing a wheel and not having, you know, not being able to get back. And then you look at Dreisaitl and the commitment that he had, the urgency that he had to come back. And and then, you know, it's because it's a team of a game of five guys on the ice, it, it you know, it's it's the commitment of mm-hmm. all five guys to defending and all five guys of, of making, making a read. But, I mean, everyone's system isn't set up so that it, you know, if if there's a mistake, it's almost like an onion, right? Yeah. One mistake should not end up in the back of your net. It's 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 layers to it, right? But right now, it's it's that, you know, the the read whether you know it's Bouchard or whoever it is, um, without the layers and and guys in situations that are able to help out and defend, it's just it, now it's a complete breakdown, and then ultimately you know, then it's put on the goalie's shoulders and, and he's obviously making the last mistake and looks the worst out of everyone, right? So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's not easy. It's a complicated yeah. game when you got all five guys on the ice, right? It is for sure. Um, Sean Brown with us on Sports 1440. Brownie, do you think, and on the second goal, it happened, but not just the second goal, do you think the defense is backing in too often and too many times? And then to kind of compound that, do you think the forwards are coming back hard enough and just giving maybe a little bit of an impediment, a little tug, just to let the guy know on the opposition that he's there to help out your defenseman? Because as a defenseman, that's your best friend, a guy coming back hard in the neutral zone on your own team to sort of, you know, make that forward that's coming in on you aware of something behind him. Do you see enough of that right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, the, you know, that's a sign of a team that's not overly confident in, in their individual game is when you're backing in and you're a little bit unsure and you're playing safe, and safe is almost almost death in the NHL, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, good players with time and space, they make they make good plays. And, and so when you're not feeling it at times, that's, you know, you, you tend to sit back and, and play safe. But, yeah, I mean, you, you're counting on, you know, back pressure. And, and with that back pressure allows a defenseman to be able to stand up, you know, and make some of those reads knowing that they got good support kind of coming through. But, you know, it's um, – you know, it's uh, you know, like I said, going back, you, you kind of need everyone on on the same page right now, and, and more than anything, you need it to be consistent. I think there's times where they have mm-hmm. a great start, they have a great shift, you know, they, you know, but it's the follow up. Right now, it's um, you know, when things aren't going well, it's it's the next line that needs to come out and recognize what does this shift need. You know, they. There was, you know, obviously with the great start that they had, it's like, you know, is is the next line recognizing like, hey, we're a little bit back on our heels. Let's simplify our game. Let's get it in behind the defenseman. Let's go to work below the goal line. Or are they going out, you know, and just finding ways to, to you know, allow the other team to keep that momentum? That's that's right now is, is something that there needs to be that game awareness, right, of where, hey, we don't have momentum. How do we get it back? And that's where, you you know, you have the Sam Gagne's, you rely on, you know, the Evander Canes, the Nugent Hopkins. Like, you rely on your veteran guys to understand, you know, and, and to be able to go out there and, and do those little things to get that momentum back, to get teams back on their heels. It's it's like the, the Oilers are getting back on their heels. Other teams are recognizing it. 
the Oilers aren't, and it's just kind of snowballing. Sean Brown with us on Sports 1440. Brownie, there are a couple scrums in the third, and you said it's almost like a little bit too, a little bit too little too late. And both of them really involved Connor McDavid, one with JT Miller, one with uh, Pew Suter. Is there was there enough of a you know a banding together of brothers and you know more fight more pushback in the sense that you know you know punch a guy in the head or whatever you know I don't know I mean I'm probably more old school than most but is that was there enough response last night? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you as far as being a little old school. I mean, we don't need to go back. You know, but I mean, the game has to, it's, it's a game where you gotta be able to look guys in the eyes. And I just, I mean, that, that was really, really hard to watch, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you. When, when McDavid, your best player, the best player in the league, you know, was out there scrumming it up and you got uh, Kulak just sitting there with a partner looking at it. Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't get it. The first one, yeah. And then, yeah, the first. Sorry, go ahead, Brownie. Because yeah, there's, I, there's I just, two of them, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the best player in the league. This is your. This is your. This is the best player on your team, and you have a chance to kind of help him and get involved emotionally. I mean, you. That's you can't have yeah. that. So you know, if you go back and watch that, I mean, there was no urgency or desperation to get into the scrum and help the best player on your team it was you know there's too many times if you look at the scrums i mean there's no there's no eye contact (laughs) no one's even looking at anyone in the eye everyone's looking for butterflies like you know when things are getting tough you got to be able to stare someone you got to look at them and look at them long enough to know that you know this is going to be uncomfortable for you and where do you want to go with it and be ready to take it to that next Mm -hmm. level Right there's this there in every scrum they're they're looking away they're looking at the ref they're looking for someone else to do something look the guy in the eyes right and and stay in it this is the it, first it, one it, yeah. yeah 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 it, the, the first it, one brownie was was after J T Miller and he gave it was a good clean I mean and credit Connor he goes hard to the net from behind he knows he's going to get a little pop and he's at a bad angle the chances of scoring a goal from where he tried. But he's trying to make something happen again. And then it, it gets to the stage where there's a good match with JT Miller, who was very good last night. And Hyman comes in, full marks to that. But it continued on behind the net with DJ Zippy and Connor. And that's, I think, where you're talking about where the response was delayed, slow, wasn't coming in fast enough. And then even a bigger problem that I have, it's the next shift. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you don't, yeah. I mean, maybe for some reason, whatever it is, you can't get to uh, your captain, your teammate quick enough. Well, then you got to make something happen on, on the next shift. So. Well, you got to just, I mean, there's absolutely no reason why you can't get there to him quick enough. Mm-hmm. Like, go back and watch the scrum. It's, I mean, there's there was no urgency to get there. There was no, if you, hey, if you want to fight and if you want to get in there, you can get in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, there's no reason that's just an excuse, but yeah, I mean, good for Hyman for getting in there and, and recognizing the situation, but it's just not enough. There's, you know, where's the other four guys, you know? So it's very, yeah. I mean, to get out of this, they're going to have to get uncomfortable. I I, I don't see anyone getting overly uncomfortable. I mean, Mm -hmm. you look at Kane ever since he got sat and, you know, had, you know, he kind of, 
had yeah. that moment there on Sportsnet, yes. right? He he's, he's played been with an edge. He, yeah. He's been playing well. He's been playing with some urgency. You look at Fogel. He's a guy that looks like he's trying to prove something that he wants to get to the next line, or he's looking for opportunity. They got some desperation in their game, but there's not a there's not enough desperation for for you know Bouchard, mm-hmm. Nurse, Cece. You know, Ekholm's not. You know, he's not playing overly overly uh great right now it's yeah it's just it's nobody's doing that little bit of extra to get it on uncom- to, to get out of their comfort zone and to to try and change this right it's just it's it's let's see if if uh mcdavid and dry can <laughs> can work their magic right you know, it's just you know brownie right? i'm i'm just looking forward to the first show that we can do you and i where you know, as you say, some butterflies and sunshine. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, we haven't I mean, had one yet. We haven't. Had, hey, maybe after uh, San Jose, that, that's just going to be an interesting game, oh. right? Two teams that are obviously really struggling. I mean, it's uh, it's you know, I I hope they can, you know. Well, you would think they have to win that. Game. Game. I mean, they they have to, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's not good to them. I mean. Woodcroft is, you know, he's got to be pulling out his hair. He's got to be, he's got to be struggling to find answers here. But I, I know with any team that I've played on, the best teams that I've played on have the best dress rooms with the accountability mm-hmm. to each other, right? And a coach can only do so much. But there's got to be some accountability in the room. There's got to be some really uncomfortable conversations with each other about, you know, what guys need to do and start to define their roles a little bit more and then try to expand on your role to be, hey, whatever you're doing isn't good enough. What are you willing to do more of, mm-hmm. right, so that we can get out of this? Um, because they're clearly a team once they get rolling and, and start to feel good about their game. I mean, they can play a skilled game. They, they got all the skill in the world. But right now they're not showing that they're willing to just play in the trenches and do some things that are going to be uncomfortable. And if they're going to be a playoff team, I mean, you have to be willing to – to get into the trenches and, and play an uncomfortable hockey game. You know, Brownie, we've got Kelly Chase coming up at 9 o'clock with Grant Fear. What do you think he'll have to say about adding some emotion, some, uh, uh, you know what, piss and vigor and things like that? Yeah, I mean, that's why that guy played in the league for <laughs> yes, as long he as did. he did. Is he's a guy that, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the missing part right now in, in, the, in, in the Oilers uh, game is, is, mm-hmm. is who's going to go out there and inject that enthusiasm? Who's going to drag some guys into the fight? I mean, McDavid, you know, and Dreisaitl and, and certain guys have the ability to do it with their skill, mm-hmm. um, but not enough guys right now are doing it the other way. I, I just, I don't see Nurse, I don't see the guys that can do the heavy lifting doing yeah. the heavy lifting, doing their part. Right, it's it's just it's it's not enough. It, it's it's hard to watch with that lack of emotion. That lack. Of, it's hey, Edmonton has the best fans. We have great fans. Mm-hmm. It's a blue collar town, right? It's not. It, it's they just want to go down fighting, go down with some effort, some enthusiasm, some excitement, right? Um, that's all we want is to watch a game with some some emotion. And when things aren't going well, right? Are you just going to put your work boots on and work hat on and just let's let's forget about the skill and just let's just go to work right now. Well, Brownie, thanks for coming on this morning. And again, I can't wait to our first show when it's, uh, you know, sunshine and rainbows, baby. Thanks, bud. Awesome.
Awesome. Have a good day, guys. That's it. Sean Brown, former Oiler, former NHLer, uh, for our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. You can head to Fountain Tire to check out the winter tire lineup and also check out the seasonal tire storage. Text line one 401 Got a million to get through. Also, if you'd like to call in, I think we got things working on the board. Everything's looking sharp. If you want to come in, voice your opinion. Give us a call. Same number, one 401 1440 The Kevin Carius Show returns on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. If the Oilers aren't careful, Duke, they're going to be like Happy Gilmore and golfing pretty soon here. Um, text line open, one 401 We will get to a couple of your calls in just a moment. Doug and Matt waiting patiently, among others. Brad texts in, if you think that Bouchard just started playing poorly defensively, you're using selective memory. Don't forget that Tippett and McClellan wouldn't play Bouchard because he was a complete gong show defensively. Just because Ekholm covered for him at the end of last year does not make Bouchard Bouchard, anything more than a power play specialist. That comes from Brad. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Doug has been waiting. Doug, you're on Sports 1440. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hi, Kevin. Listen, you just kind of took the words out of my mouth as far as the Oilers not even making playoffs. And that's it's looking that way almost because if they don't do something really quick to turn this train around, it, it's, 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 the season's going to be gone now. If that is the case, um, a singular trade coming up uh, this season, during the season, it's not going to change the overall makeup of this team unless unless it involved a goaltender. And the, there's been rumors out there, rumblings, you've heard the same about mm-hmm. all Mark for Nuge plus whatever, whatever, right? So, But I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, the change or retool, whatever you want to call it, reload, would probably happen in the off season, and seeing that Kenny Holland's probably not here next year. Uh, well, first, never, Doug, just on your Allmark point, like, do you think really, do you really think that Boston wants to trade Allmark? I don't know, but that's been rumbling yeah. in the past that I've heard. Now, I they may have something in a uh, that's in the works that they can back him up. I don't know, uh, but that's the rumblings they've heard in the past. So I know they've been interested in Nuge for a long time because they need center help. And uh, I'm not saying that he's the answer for everybody. It but would be a little seamless for them to go because a couple of guys are getting a little bit older in Boston, like Brad Marchand and a couple of their right. forwards. But mm-hmm. still, I, I don't know why you would want to trade Allmark. Not even, yeah, I mean, right. and you know, like I would imagine, uh, Doug, you're a lot like a lot of Edmontonians where, and maybe Oilers fans where you'd go, you, you put Nuge up there in a higher echelon and you're overvaluing him. I would think the other way around in Boston, they're going, why do we want Nuge? Why? Yeah, you know? okay. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm just going back to what the Romans I've heard mm-hmm. in the past. And again, I'm not saying that's the right move or that Boston would do it. But at any rate, I do believe that the retool or reload, whatever you're going to call it, mm-hmm. is going to happen in the off season. Okay. Uh, listening to all the experts talk, including yourself and uh, you know the, the the sports guys that are around, across the league, they're all saying that Edmonton is just not built right. It's just something's not right. And with Connor playing hurt right now, it's obvious he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if if the team's not making the playoffs, do you shut him down for a while so he can get himself back to form? There's a lot and of then, questions uh, to be answered for sure, Doug. Absolutely, you bet. Hey, appreciate your call. Thanks very much for calling in. Okay. Text coming in to one 401 If you want to call that same number, you are more than welcome to. 
First time texter here, old reference there. This comes from, uh, we don't have a name on it, but DeHarnay is just too slow for a big guy, doesn't seem to be too involved. Frankly, he's a liability. Bring back Broberg and Niemalainen. It's also bad when an old Sam Gagne coming off hip surgery is one of your best forwards. Our bottom six is so bad. Let's go to the phone line again. We've got Matt on the line. Matt, welcome to Sports 1440. What is on your mind this morning? Well, first of all, Kevin, uh, licking my wounds for a little bit. Uh, born and raised just outside Edmonton, but living on the Sunshine Coast. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm hearing it from everybody here, every <laughs> angle. So uh, I just wanted to bring up the point of uh, the coaching changes. Mm-hmm. Like you guys have been talking about the carousel here. I think Nugent Hopkins, if they change, uh, get rid of Woodcroft, he's going to be on the eighth coach, I think. So this has just got to come... Uh, from within the team, I think they have the heart and the soul in that dressing room. But like people are saying, guys are banged up. You know, I don't know if it was the right decision to put McDavid back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that the Heritage Classic was uh, important for him, but let him heal. It's early on. I, I personally think they got the team to right the ship here. Two and eight seems uh pretty brutal right now but it's it's because it's early in the season and living in edmonton the media it, it gets magnified here mm-hmm. it's a very very passionate fan base and they're a smart fan base so you know it's hard to slip through the cracks with uh, with the way they're playing hey matt appreciate the call thanks for your opinion awesome thanks kevin text coming in to 1-833-401-1440 Dallas says, and this is referring to Brownie and I, I guess, guys, it's not 1982 anymore. That's not hockey. That's not how hockey works. You can't go have a line brawl to bring the team together. This is a deep-rooted something in the locker room, something with the coaches, something with something that nobody really knows about. Darren (laughs) says, I also believe that whoever scores against San Jose, there should be an asterisk. Besides the scoring, uh, if we lose, if they lose, we'll call in the SWAT unit because Rogers' place will burn down. Uh, buddy Baker, ah, oh, my old buddy, buddy, we need Costin back. Last year when we traded for Costin, he pretty much changed the dynamic of the bottom six forwards. Let's go back to the phone lines, one 1440 Sonny, you are on Sports 1440. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. The one thing I would look at is probably putting a voice in that locker room. You know, if people are saying if it's the locker room, you know, if these STS teams waiting on McDavid and Drysdale to turn it around, then we need more guys in there. From Holland, when he took over, he should have had support roles. And people can argue it's Hyman, it's Kane, you know, Ekholm, Cody Cece. These guys aren't players that are elite enough to play with McDavid. We still need a couple wingers, and the biggest issue has been goaltending and defense. How do you do that with the cap, Sonny? How do you bring in these guys that are elite players because you're maxed out? You know what? At this point, if you're in year eight or year nine of McDavid Mm -hmm. and Drysaddle, you shed the draft picks. You shed your your rookies. Do what, as much as I hate to say it, do what Shirelli used to do. Go out and sign college free agents as your prospect. Mm -hmm. There's times like this. There was one guy, that, and I don't know if he's still with Minnesota Wild, but there was one guy that I said that could change this locker room, and he did it back in 2017, how when the Oilers first made the playoffs, and that's Matt Hendricks. They should get, should get this guy on the bench, not as a player, as a coach, a player development or whatever, 
and this guy will bring I – I have full confidence that this guy is the guy that could bring the Swaka room back together. Sonny, appreciate your call. Thank you. Bye. one 1440 Text rolling in as well. Craig and Red Deer, while I vehemently disagree with firing the coach, it's also the easiest move to make. However, Jeff Jackson needs to step in here and not allow lame duck Ken Holland to hire another coach. I remember Red Wings fans laughing at Holland being named Oilers GM. Now I see what they mean. Craig in Red Deer. Well, we are going to check in with a lot of... Uh, what do you want to see it? The experts are coming on now. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli. I mean, Speck is, he had the boots on the ground in Vancouver last night on his way, probably, I don't know, Stanley Park in Vancouver this morning for a nice cup of tea. Uh, Spector will join us top of the hour. Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff at 8.20. Grant Fuhr coming up at 9 o'clock with Kelly Chase. It has been a wild first hour here on what would we call a toxic Tuesday, Duke. Uh, this sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke with a sports 1440 update.